Welcome to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, proudly brought to you by the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company. I'm your host, Joel Silverstone. What does the future look like? Will we be using virtual reality? And how is this going to be used to reinforce soft skills? Well, in this episode, soft skills and virtual reality, we're curious about virtual reality, VR, and how it's being used right now to be able to connect to our soft skills and being used in training. We're going to be discussing the thoughts and skills that you could take from these VR scenarios and very possibly put them into real-world practice in how you interact with each other in business and maybe even in life. With our guest, Betty Danowitz, we're talking communication, empathy, giving feedback, and presentation skills, because virtual reality, as we see, has an interesting perspective here, especially with your number of ums. Our guest, Betty Danowitz, is the CEO and founder of If You Ask Betty. Betty is an immersive, experienced designer with 18-plus years in corporate learning and development. She's a speaker, a podcaster, and a high-performance coach. And Betty's passion is to help people become better humans as she advocates that innovative technology like augmented reality has a huge role in making that happen. So listen in as we explore a possible future and how you can start using some of these communication and leadership abilities in your present world. As always, if you have a question or comment for the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast, please send us an email at podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. Again, that's podcast at greatcanadiantraining.ca. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episode series. We've got a special four-part series coming up on presentation skills that's going to help you build your confidence, give you clarity and engagement in person or virtually. All right, let's meet Betty Danowitz and soft skills and virtual reality. We are a go here at Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. It's so great to have you, Betty Danowitz. Did I say that correctly? You did. You did a great job. So great to have you a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. And we're doing something really different here because we're always talking about soft skills and leadership and communication skills. And now we're entering the 21st century today because <laughs> we're talking about soft skills and virtual reality. Betty, you know, you, you are a, a leader in, you know, you've been doing it for 20 years in the learning environment and you've, you've done so many, you have your own podcast, if you ask Betty, and you have mm -hmm. so many uh, you know, leadership and coaching and leadership skills and technology and design. Uh, and now you're speaking about virtual, virtual reality and soft skills. And my first question is, and again, I like to think I know something about technology, but it turns out I know nothing. Uh, <laughs> so maybe if you can help me for 100, what is virtual reality? Virtual reality is when you are completely immersed in an environment that is not your own. So mm. can I give an example? Let me give you an example. Yes. So yes. Um, if you were to play a, either a virtual reality game, like for example, I love Beat Saber and it's hopefully some of your listeners just perked up like, oh, that's great too. So <laughs> what you do, you put on the headset and you're no longer in your living room. Well, physically you mm -hmm. are, but what you can see now is just this space that's completely different than what you were just in, totally immersed in it. And then every action that you take is something that you see something different. So in Beat Saber, the music starts to play, you fire up your lightsaber and you have to like hit these things that are coming at you. Um, right. And really, you're just standing in your living room with your headset on, moving your arms around. 
But your brain and your mind and, and everything that you see is completely immersed in this other environment doing this other action. So that's sort of a long-winded answer to what is virtual reality. You know, that, that's really good. Um, I mean, and this headset is, is uh, also you're hearing this? It's, it's yeah, like so the headset typically has speakers very near your ears so that okay. um, it's not necessarily covering your ears, but you can right. hear what's uh, going on in the environment. Um, well, speaking of technology, I see your presentation at uh, at the ATD conference, and it's uh, leadership and empathy using virtual reality, and I'm intrigued. Uh, so here you are as a guest, and we're going to talk about um, how you are able to use soft skills and in a virtual reality environment. Uh, and I guess let's start with maybe the, the, the best way to do it is you have case studies, or you create scenarios, I guess. Yes. Um, and so what are some of these scenarios? Because uh, then I'm curious about, um, you know, how how these scenarios feel real that or, or and how we are being how the person going through this is receiving feedback on their soft skills. So let's sure. start maybe with some of the scenarios as an example. One of our programs is about building trust. And we recently went and put together, we partnered with Tailspin, and which is a virtual reality company. And we put together a scenario where I, as the user, am helping a new manager as she is sort of navigating the, the idea of trust with her, with her new team. So for mm -hmm. example, she comes and she, you know, I walk into, uh, I put the headset on, I'm in the experience. I walk into a virtual conference room and she's there and she asks me questions or starts to tell me about a situation with her team. And I'm able to respond back to her uh, in a way that either eggs her on and is not mm -hmm. going to help things or um, is sort of neutral and also doesn't help things or maybe guide her towards and ask her questions that help her realize that she needs to either build trust or restore trust with her team. And so we, we built this uh, simulation, this virtual reality simulation, both for building trust and then a, a second module around restoring trust so that we could highlight the different, the nuances between the two. Mm. And so the way that this works is as I'm choosing the answers that I give, and this one in particular, it's built in so that you have like what you can choose one of three options. So the options pop up on the screen. You can say, you know, A, B, you can say C, D, you can say E, F. And then as you say it out loud, A, B, it hears you, recognizes what you're saying and moves forward in the simulation. Wow. Um, so, and along the way you're, you're being scored. And I, I say that with air quotes that <laughs> nobody can see, but right. You're being scored because we want to know, okay, if you, which which answer did you choose? Good, better, or best, right? Or, you know, in some case, bad, better, or best. So uh, which one did you choose? And then at the end of a module or end of a section, you receive some feedback and it'll say, hey, you know, seven out of 10 times that you could demonstrate empathy for her, you did. Or five out of six times that you could demonstrate um, uh, that you could coach her, you did. And so, uh, so you, we kind of build scoring in that way. So it's not, it's not like a score, like a video game, like, you know, I'm going to get a badge at the end, although badges are fun, okay. um, but rather it's, it's giving yeah. you sort of automated feedback based on the choices that you made in the, in the conversation. And that's sort of like a, um, first, for lack of a better word, like first pancake first draft of using virtual reality, right. um, where we take and build a scenario 
and then we make it Im more immersive uh, by putting it into virtual reality. Yeah. So, so let's talk about the more immersive and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the feedback. Um, because as I'm hearing this, listeners are probably going, okay, well, what's the difference if you were just doing online learning of this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So the difference, and I, I, I get asked this a lot, is mm -hmm. when you're completely immersed in another environment, your, your brain is recording it as if it was actually happening. Mm -hmm. So, so you're, you're, you're going to have a memory of that experience as if you actually experienced it. And I don't mean this in, in the deep down every single part of you way, right? But, but when you think back to that experience, you will have sort of that mental picture where I don't know, I would ask you, Joel, are you able yeah. to think back to an e-learning and have a mental picture of it? Um, no, not really. Nah, I mean, in, unless it was something that was really crazy that you like took a picture and sent it to your friend, right? Like then yeah. maybe you have it, but for the most part, no, but rather when you're completely immersed and you're looking around and you're in this conference room and you can hear the ambiance of the, of the office behind you, your brain is, oh, okay. She's actually there talking to this person. So it's, it's, it's recording it in a different way, helping you mm -hmm. to internalize what you're, what you're learning e even faster. Yeah, I, I could see that because if uh, if you're doing this online learning, you're lo you're looking maybe at your screen and you're looking at the scenario, but then you're you're looking at you know I could see my pictures on my walls and I could mm -hmm. see my cat walking around. <laughs> I can see different yeah. things, or I can see my coworker if I'm in the office. I'm not at home, as an example. Uh, I see other things, so it takes me out of the reality. And so I guess what what happens is when you're in this virtual reality. Uh, and we talked about this a few a few episodes ago when we had our guests talking about neuroscience that your brain doesn't know sometimes the difference between real and imaginary. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and so I guess in this virtual reality, it sounds like your brain is being told uh, everything that's happening here is I'm in an unfamiliar environment. I'm in mm -hmm. I'm in this new environment, um, and maybe my emotions are being triggered the same way. Where if I'm in online learning, maybe I'll. I'll hit pause and I'll go get a coffee and come back exactly. or whatever. Exactly. But here yep. I'm feeling this need to react immediately when, when someone's putting me on the spot. Exactly. And you know what? I'll, I'll add this. You can't check mm -hmm. your phone when you're in VR. Mm. You, can't, you can't do that tap to see if you have any notifications. I know you know what I'm talking about. Just to get that little blue light hit, you can't do <laughs> yeah. it because uh -huh. you'd have to take off your headset and move and come out of that particular uh, immersed experience. You know, you would, you would no longer be in that world. So Right, so you that's, can't see. That's the thing. Why, so, so why I get, I get this. So while you're in this world, you can't see your your teams. You have a message from that's teams right. coming up. <laughs> can't no, see there's it. No, there's no dis, there's no distraction. So you're no really immersed in that. Um, maybe even more so than the real world, because in mm -hmm. the real world, if you if you really were in that meeting, you would be distracted. You would, for sure. And one other thing that I really like about it is it's repeatable in a safe place. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, so like, for example, if I'm giving this person and her name's Sherry in the, in the module, okay. if I'm giving her, if I'm, if I'm walking her through how she needs to build trust. And at the end, I learned that, well, you did a good job of helping her build trust, but you weren't very empathetic towards Sherry at all. Right. Instead of me having practiced that with another human being and getting that feedback from them in front of anybody else, I get sort of a, uh, a safe private place yeah. to make mistakes. And then, and then I can actually go back and repeat that exactly as it was so that I can learn what happens when I react differently or I answer differently with the mm -hmm. avatar. 
So uh, whereas if you were to repeat a role play, the, the likelihood that everything about it, an in-person role play, the likelihood that everything about it is going to be exactly the same to give you that like point of reference, like here's where it went wrong. It's very, right. very small. Uh, right. Something's going to be different. They're going to use a different tone of voice. Somebody's going to walk in the room, you know, the, the air conditioning is going to kick on like all these different uh, distractions. So, uh, mm-hmm. so you get that sort of safe, repeatable place to, to practice the skills that, you know, otherwise if you just practice them in real life, they, they could cause harm. I mean, imagine trying to practice building trust and doing it wrong with like, I don't know, your boss, mm-hmm. your neighbor, your kid, like, ugh, seems like you'd want to practice in a place where you can get it right. Uh, you can practice until you get it right. Well, I, I do like this idea of safe practice. I mean, I think, I think, you know, to be fair to us, to humans, we, we can, we can set that up, but I think this is really in this virtual reality. I think I, I see the, the idea of, um, for example, I, I love, sometimes I love it when there's a chatbot and not a real person mm-hmm. when I'm going on a site. Mm-hmm. Because I can always ask the stupid question to a chatbot and not feel judged. Yes. So I think that's what's coming out of the safe practice. I think is what you're saying is you, you could do you could do things that you may not want to try in front of others. That's maybe holding you back and say, well, mm-hmm. what happens if I actually tried asking this question or tried maybe this empathy? I'm uncomfortable using empathy. So if I tried using empathy here, I'm not going to be judged. Oh, is that? Is that really what Joel does at work? Right. Is that, is that really how Joel uses empathy? So I, I like that idea of, of the safe practice, definitely. And I could see that that's a safe environment, the same way that you can ask those questions to the chatbot. Yes. And it's a great opportunity for you to practice whatever it is that you've already learned about something. So in this case, it's right. building trust. So you've learned these are the things that you need to do to build trust with somebody. So now mm-hmm. you get to practice it through, uh, through Sherry and guiding Sherry. Right. And I, and again, the fact that your emotions are, are your brain doesn't know the difference between real and imaginary. So you're in the mm-hmm. situation and your, your, your cortisol level is going to be higher than normal if you were, mm-hmm. if you were just doing this, uh, looking at a screen, doing e-learning. And then you, I think an, another case you were talking about um, before we, we started the recording was also using this as, as a way to practice your presentation, like if you're working on presentation skills. Yeah, so I I got a chance to see this in in action um, at I want to I think it was ATD Salt Lake. So last year, I could be wrong about that, but nevertheless, they con- sometimes mm-hmm. all the conferences blend blend together for mm-hmm. me. But um, I got to uh, see is a company called Ovation VR, and they had created uh, basically you go in and you give a presentation to a room full of digital avatars in virtual reality, and it's tracking all kinds of things that you need to know about. Uh, how you're doing with presentations. So it's tracking your eye contact. So it's making sure that you're, you know, doing eye, co- eye contact in the way that you should, not just darting back and forth, but sort of right. moving from person to person with, with the right amount of time. Uh, it was tracking your filler words. And it, and which I don't know if you've ever tried to watch somebody give a presentation and track their filler words, but that's hard as a human to even track someone else's filler words. Right. Uh, Cause you, you're, you get, you get lost listening to them and you're like, Oh shoot. Did they say, um, I don't, I don't, uh, three, three hashtags. Cause I don't remember. Yeah. So, uh, so it checks your filler words and your, your presence, uh, your, it can track, um, your, 
uh, intro and, and conclusion and things like that. And then it gives you those analytics sort of at the end and what it's, it suggests what you can work on. Like with your, if you're, if you had, if you use 26% filler words, it might be like, well, you want to get that down under 5% and things like that. So that was really neat. Uh, I got a chance yeah. to see and experience that. Mm-hmm. That's an interesting niche. Because it's exactly you say you often we're giving feedback on on maybe your your presentation or the the, the PowerPoint itself or the uh, the structure of your uh, structure of presentation. You might say, "Oh, you're using some filler words," right. uh, but to actually sit there and go, "You use 85 filler words," right. you you go, "Hmm, not <laughs> right, so good." Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it kind of reminds me of uh, you know uh, I coach my son's baseball team and, and we have to count the pitches. So, so, so one parent sits there and literally just counts the pitches. So it's kind of the same thing. Someone would be sitting Ooh. there. Hey, we're gonna have a we're gonna have a presentation workshop. Um, and Sherry, your job is to count the ums. Yep. Yeah, You're that sounds um terrible. Nobody wants to be the um counter. The um counter. Uh, the other thing I like about that too yeah. is it takes the. Um, it takes away any bias, right? Because right. often when we're doing presentations, it's it there's at, usually at least somebody in the room that knows us. Yeah. So they're if they were rating our presentation, if they know us, they're likely to be, I don't know, less analytical and more emotional in their rating. And it right. kind of takes that away because you know, the, the, the person or the, uh, the system that's rating you, it doesn't know you and has no, you know, no emotional connection to you. And so you're right. getting real true analytical data uh, without any bias, which is without uh, any bias. could be yeah. really, really helpful if that's what you're trying to, to, to work on. I could, I could see, I could see how this can be helpful. Yeah. As, as part, you know, as part of, as part of other feedback, but this is, this is really a nuanced and, and an interesting niche that, um, again, it's a great environment to practice. You know, I, I, you know, do a lot of sports. And so again, you know, thinking of sports is that this is, yeah, it's kind of like going to working one-on-one with nobody watching you and it's a little bit different and you have sort of a, a computer tracking what you're doing or co- tracking your stroke or tracking your, your swing or all mm-hmm. those types of things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very interesting. Well, this has been uh, very, very interesting about virtual reality, empathy, feedback. Um, we're going to, uh, we're going to take a break in a second and go to do your failure ta-da story in a Yay. minute. Uh, but what I'm really getting from this is, being Im- being immersed in the situation versus watching a screen gets our emotions rising uh, mm-hmm. almost in a similar situation. Um, and there's there's I guess whether you're doing a presentation or you're in that board meeting and having to use empathy is that you're not being judged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say y- you can let go of that fear of being judged. Yes, mm-hmm. I mean technically you're being the the system is judging you. Yeah. It's giving you a score, but you can let go of that feeling rather knowing that you're just being assessed based on skill, not what they yeah. think of you. Yeah. 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 So that's, that's an, that's very interesting about the virtual reality. And then, um, uh, and as you said, like, this is, this is a technology that's been around for a while and, and it's probably going to become more and more commonplace, I think, as we go into the, into the future. I definitely believe that it's, it's becoming much more affordable. Uh, virtual reality companies are now putting out libraries of content. So rather than you having to come up with your own content, build a scenario, do all of that learning stuff in advance, mm-hmm. you could, you could purchase off the shelf from them in, uh, and, and, and add that into your organization right away. So that's awesome. Um, and then, you know, the it's more affordable, it's more accessible and 
the ability to create it is easier now than it ever was before, because depending on the level of complexity, there are a lot of authoring tools out there where you yourself can author and create the virtual reality environment. There's, there's multiples, everything from 360 video virtual reality, all the way through CGI virtual reality. It's much more accessible now to, to people like myself who have no interest in coding. Like it's not on my development plan ever, but I know the value that comes from being able to do that. So if I can work with the software that does that part for me, all the better. Yeah. 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 Very interesting. All right, let's take a break for our ad. And then when we come back, this will give you a minute, Betty, uh, to think of your failure, ta-da moment. We'll be right right back. Hi, I'm Joy Newhold, and we'll be right back to our interview. When I started the Great Canadian Training and Consulting Company in 2002, I never would have imagined that one day we would have a podcast. So first, I want to thank you for listening and share some really exciting information about our organization with you. For years, we have made our live instructor-led software and soft skills training, consulting and coaching services customizable to meet the unique needs of each client and committed ourselves to a high quality of customer service. This combined to make the learning experience better for the participants and the planning process easier for the organizer. We love helping our clients so much We also develop many additional free resources to help you along the way, and this podcast is just one of them. At greatcanadiantraining.ca, you will find our free monthly webinars, blog articles, and free downloads covering everything from building better dashboards in Excel to navigating difficult conversations and everything in between. So make sure to join us at greatcanadiantraining.ca. But for now, I better let you get back to the podcast. Please enjoy the rest of the interview. All right, we're back. We're speaking with Betty Danowitz on soft skills and virtual reality. This has been very interesting about what's going on out there using virtual reality and how to use soft skills um, and uh, all the, the possibilities with that. And all our imaginations are being stirred by what's what we're, we've been speaking about. Let's switch gears now and, t- and focus now on you, Betty. Let's okay. talk about <laughs> your own leadership journey and uh, what you've learned along the way. And we have this segment that we like to call failure. Ta-da! And so this is where, again, from the world of improvisation, where uh, we celebrate your failures. And for you, uh, Betty, maybe where was a moment that may have felt like a failure at the time, uh, but then became really an aha moment. So if you're ready to share with us your failure. I, I am ready. Mm-hmm. I am ready. So my failure to da moment, did I say it right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, happened about 10, 12 years ago. I think I lean more towards 12. You know, once you get past 10, it's just, it's, sure. it's all, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so at least 10, 10 and ago, above. Yeah. 10 and above. And I was working uh, for Fifth Third Bank at the time. I was a learning project specialist. I also worked from home. And 10 years ago, that was really not a thing. It was mm. not a thing. So no. um, loved working from home, uh, loved my job. I had, a, I had a couple of small kids, so really wasn't looking for anything else because it all worked nicely, as you can right. imagine. Um, and so I also spent time, my sort of my primary hobby was I was a scrapbooker. So Joel, you're familiar with scrapbooking? Yeah, well, my, my wife was into it was into that. She she got all the supplies, but never did it. Okay, so she <laughs> was into collecting scrapbook supplies, which yes. is fair. That's yeah. fair because I did that myself for quite a long time. But then I eventually mm. started actually using them. And so basically, scrapbooking is where you're building 
these sort of intricate photo books that you put your pictures in. So like we took a trip to Disney and I have two giant 12 by 12 books filled with pages that were so much fun to make because I got to create the pages, put the, put the paper together, stick it all down. It's like a puzzle. It's like puzzles and creativity and sparkles all at the same time. And so, so I was into that as well. And I had this idea because I used to go to these events, they were called scrapbook crops. And what that means is there's a group of people get together, typically ladies, but sometimes guys, and they, they all sit at a bunch of six foot tables and they scrapbook together. And then you can get ideas from each other. You sort of chat. Um, sometimes you put on music or a movie while you're doing it. And it's just a great way to build a sort of a community of people that like to do the same hobby. Right. So I had this idea, I'm going to set up this crop. And the more I thought about it, the more I wanted to do it, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to set this up. But then I had, I had like this long-term vision too. I was like, well, once I get sort of the events going, I want to buy a space. I want to buy like one of those uh, buildings that you drive by that says for lease, you know, it's, it's a small, smaller space, but it's a space where people can come in and work on their projects and then leave. So I started planting the first crop and I booked the location and I marketed and I, uh, I drew up a menu. Like I was like, we'll have food, we'll provide food. Um, and I figured out the pricing and I marketed and nobody signed up. Oh, one, one person signed. I had one person. Okay. Okay. Uh, and I tried, I really tried hard and I Uh even like moved the first date back thinking, Hey, (laughs) we'll, we'll move the date. We'll give people more time. Sure. And nobody signed up, never took off. And, Mm. um, it was called hobby Palooza. Love it. So that the (laughs) idea was that anybody who had a, uh, a tabletop, uh, hobby could come right. to do this in, I think about it a lot, you know, um, even today I was out for a walk and I walked past this building that was for lease and I was like, Oh, that look at all the parking. This would be a great spot for hobby Palooza. Um, but what I realized after that was that I had this job that I loved. I, yeah. I, I my family was well taken care of, but I was looking for more right. and didn't even know it until this sort of happened. And I wanted to spend more time with people. I wanted to help build community. I wanted to have great conversations. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to be around people who are loving what they're doing and having a good time. And so that sort of was a a beginning step, a a fail aha, right? (laughs) That I, yay, (laughs) that I was looking for Mm -hmm. more. Um, And, and yeah. And that's sort of one of the steps that led me to, if you ask Betty and where we are today. First off, thank you. Thank you for sharing that, uh, that, that failure that, that was really wasn't a, was it may felt like a failure time, but really became such an aha for your, mm-hmm. your journey to, to realize there's so many dimensions to Betty. There's so many things that you enjoy doing. And, and uh, as I've, as I watch your, your career progressing all the time, you're always, Oh, Betty's onto this now. And which brings us to this, which is now talking about virtual reality. Mm-hmm. So Betty, um, thanks so much for being a guest on the great Canadian leadership podcast. Uh, I'm sure people have, our listeners have some more questions or maybe want to reach out to you. What are the best ways to get in touch with you? So you can find me on any social media channel at If You Ask Betty. Um, you are welcome to visit my website, ifyouaskbetty.com. If you want to send me an email, 
it's if you ask Betty at gmail.com. I try to keep things simple. So yeah. uh, if you just Google, if you ask Betty, all one word, all lowercase, you'll find a way to get in touch with me. I'm glad we asked you, Betty. <laughs> I'm glad you asked too. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for being a guest on the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast. And now it's time for our three stars, no trois étoiles. These are the three takeaways from today's episode that you can start to put into practice. As I said at the beginning of this episode, we're talking about some virtual reality scenarios, glimpses into the future that you can now take into the real world and put these ideas into practice. So here we go. Number three, virtual reality is immersive. Your brain and your mind are completely involved. You can't even check your messages without taking off the headset and breaking the environment. Okay, in the real world, how can you be fully immersed when you're interacting with another person? To really listen as an example, just like VR, Pretend that there's going to be a quiz afterwards to see if you were really present and that you really heard what the other person said. Number two, put on your chatbot. As Betty said, giving feedback feels safe in this virtual reality world because it's just you and the system. There's nothing personal, no bias, no judgment. So the next time in the real world, the next time you have to give someone feedback, how can you make it more objective and less personal, therefore making that person feel safe? and most likely willing to put that feedback into action. And the number one star from today's episode, seven out of 10 times, you could have displayed empathy and you did, says the VR feedback. Well, in the real world, you're gonna have to be your own communication scorekeeper. And the reward of displaying empathy is that the other person feels understood and validated, making it much easier for both of you to have a dialogue and get to collaboration. All right, if you're not sure where to apply these three stars in business or maybe even life, try this next step. As Betty said, I can try things without being judged in this virtual reality environment. All right, let's take that into the real world. So try asking that question to get clarification without feeling like you're going to be judged or try expressing that idea or thought that you've had percolating for a while without feeling judged. Enjoy. Thank you for joining us in our search for what makes a great communicator. If you enjoyed the show, then please leave a rating or review. Even better, subscribe to the Great Canadian Leadership Podcast and make sure you don't miss another episode. Let's stay connected. Follow us on Twitter or Instagram at GCT underscore CompUEs. And if you'd like more information, free resources or class schedules on everything from software to soft skills training, consulting or coaching, then go on over to greatcanadiantraining.ca. Thank you, and we will see you next episode. Mm -hmm.